For one human being to love another, that is perhaps the most difficult of all our tasks, the ultimate, the last test and proof, the work for which all other work is but preparation. I hold this to be the highest task for a bond between two people, that each protects the solitude of the other. This comes from the Letters to a Young Poet by Rilke and um, one of my guides and mentors and helpers in my life said this, has said this line to me, protect the solitude of the other um, in a number of different scenarios. And I have been thinking and writing and just marinating on this whole idea of solitude and loneliness. Um, and I think that right now with people being home and um, the shift in our world in many ways that we're really being asked and called forward. What is solitude? What is loneliness? What are the differences? And how can we start working and identifying? So. I want to say that um, years ago, before all of this work, um, I knew that my heart and soul were, I knew that I was here to do something and I didn't know what it was. And I felt restless and I felt agitated and I felt anxious and I felt depressed. And I used a number of things to help move that energy, to help move that restlessness of the human condition, really. And one of the things I have watched myself sort of as a silent observer do over the past few years, especially noticing it, is that I create now when I feel that restlessness or that confusion around hum what it means to be human and what the purpose is and why are we here and all of that, I now create. And so that might be this, right? Like writing something and then creating a podcast to put out in the world. It might actually be one of the things I love to do is to rearrange rooms or rearrange furniture, not buy new things, but work with what I already have and declutter and take, not even declutter, but just um, let go of things that are no longer that I want to be surrounded with. So a lot of the process that I'll go through is creating little altars at the kitchen or in my office, which also looks like an art studio and a yoga studio and a spiritual center. Um, I'll redo kids' bookshelves or just move things around there. Like the act of creating food, gardening, any of these really deep um, connection, creative. I mean, that is such an essence of being human that we forget about in daily life with bills and and dishes and and sort of those things that can weigh on us as responsibilities we forget the art of creating and i just find it to be such a soul remedy for these times is um, creating what i want to wear for the day or a hair piece or braiding hair or just how can I bring the art of creativity into everything? And not because I'm a quote unquote artist or not, but because it's actually a way of digesting emotions and processing my, my anxiety and the energy that builds up. I have so much energy and fire 
um, that I've, it's part of my constitution. And so as a way to continue to feed that energetic flow, what does that look like? So I want to talk about that in context of this solitude and loneliness and that when I wasn't identifying this creative flow or creative force and working with her and jamming with her and talking to her and listening to her, that I was externally focused on resume building, creating large things, um, like ego mind, sort of normal society things, joining more boards um, and doing a lot of external activism, but my inside was still very anxious. And so there was a deep loneliness. And what I've watched, especially from the past 10 years, I would say specifically is the loneliness completely shifting to having this rich and deep inner life, um, inner guidance system, inner voice and connection to my own divinity that it, there's never loneliness. There's just an appreciation for solitude and every wisdom tradition, every sacred tradition, every Every text, every people has had a solitude practice as part of the spiritual experience. And so leaning into solitude as what is is like in terms of the relationship of the inner life, in terms of the relationship to what truly is your unique quality, strength, character in this realm. So I'll give you an example is that I think um, we have so much comparison and shoulding and what we should be doing in societal norms that um, are so painful and toxic for most of us that it can be hard to, um, it can be confusing to find our clarity within our own heart and what truly brings us the deepest joy in our life. And that is a process that we each have to go through on our own. Part of the solitude practice that I've had over these past years has been just having a lot of intentional time alone to explore what feels good and what doesn't, what brings me energy and joy and delight and what doesn't. And that process is something that each of us has to go through on our own. And so there's a societal norm that, you know, like, family happy hours are fun or, um, you know, getting together at the park with other parents is fun or, um, you know, those kind of group gatherings. And what I noticed was externally, that's what I thought I should do. That's what I saw my grandmother doing, um, in the home that I spent a lot of time in was gathering political activists, hosting parties, um, hosting fundraisers and just being extremely engaged in the community externally. Um, but internally there was a lot of running around usually late jumping from one thing to another. You know, my grandfather and I would be sitting at the table for dinner waiting for her Then she'd be late. She'd run in, she'd eat a little, talk to us, and then she'd run out to another meeting and there would, my grandfather and I would be there. And there wasn't a lot of deep, intense, um, not intense, but uh, there were intimate is the word I'm looking for intimate connection, because her 
life was so booked. <laughs> so when I began my adventures into adulthood, my life was so booked up um, because that's what I thought you should do to be a good person. And I just really, truly at the essence of who I am, want to be a good person um, and have spent a lot of my life uh, defining that, seeking that, doing things to do that. And um, is something I still question to this day, kind of what does that really mean? Um, am I in, do I have Buddha nature? Do I have this inherent um, goodness? And so do I need to, you know, keep looking for it externally? So fast forward to that stage of just running around, but feeling so disconnected from my body and from the inner life and from what I truly um, want to create in the world. To be honest, it, it, it felt distracting. I felt restless and anxious and oftentimes very lonely because a lot of these social engagements were overstimulating to an already pretty, um, overstimulated system, right? So finding the relationship to solitude began as a dropping away from societal norms or external expectations and really deep self-inquiry for where was the energy building or rising? Where was the nourishment coming from that I had connected with or touched into in different stages? And what I noticed was that it was arising and was building with deep and meaningful conversations like like this, honestly, like talking about our lives, storytelling, not bullshitting, but very straightforward, clean, clear, honest, heartful, um, intimate, intense conversations. Like that is, this is where I thrive. This is where I flourish. This is where I feel most connected to my true nature and embodied presence. And part of that is talking about death. Part of that is talking about birth and talking about all of the human form and all of the imaginal realm. So stepping into my own um, embodied power and embodied strength means that I choose this over an external full-time role at AU or at another center or a school or as being a full-time social worker, anything that's going to put me in the realm of constantly busy, constant meetings, constant conversation, having to react and respond to a lot of different people without having time for quiet and for listening is not going to work. Um, at this point, I always give myself permission to change my mind if, if my heart calls, but this is a period of deep alignment with practice and ritual and sacred dishes and raising children and our five animals and cleaning our bookshelves and seeing all of this as the path and really being true to myself in terms of what solitude feels like and carving out that space and doing that for the people that I love and honoring that for the people I love and 
really turning towards solitude as a commitment to a, a present life, a life of presence versus loneliness, which was so deeply a life of distraction. So I hope this is helpful in terms of you framing for yourself what your solitude practice looks like and how can you start it if you don't currently have one. And if you do have one, naming and dropping into this as part of your sacred experience, you know, as part of your, yeah, this is what brings me sometimes to my knees. Um, and sometimes it's what is exactly the remedy or the medicine for this life that we live, this social media screens all the time. Um, you know, I think a lot of us have had a slowdown um, because of this time, but regardless of that, I know that people are still feeling anxious and overwhelmed and afraid. And so what would a solitude practice look like for you? You know, take a few minutes to jot that down in your journal. Just put your hands on your belly or your heart or your thighs and just think of solitude and think of the times when you've been alone in nature or in your bed or on the floor, maybe in your home, maybe across the world. But what was that feeling state? And again, I don't want to sugarcoat it because if you're not used to having a deep relationship with your inner voice or your inner divinity and guidance, like it might feel scary. It might feel overwhelming. It might feel, you know, whatever on the spectrum, but part of our practice of going underneath all of the feelings and emotions and getting to that light that is shining within you um, right now and like really feeling into her and feeling into that light and feeling into that presence is moving through those other realms, the other states, the anxiety or the fear um, or the sadness or the grief. But that's how we start to work with it. So may this be an opportunity for you to commit and turn towards solitude in your life in the season ahead. May this be an opportunity for you to feel into your light. May this be an opportunity for you to feel into your flow and your presence and your truth as a way to honor our interconnectedness so that solitude practice becomes the foundation from which you can be in relationship, that you can love with your full heart, that you can have that space, have that incredible presence that you're protecting that solitude with those that you love. And I'll close with the quote, the quote that I opened with, for one human being to love another, that is perhaps the most difficult of all our tasks, the ultimate, the last test in proof, the work for which all other work is but preparation. I hold this to be the highest task for a bond between two people that each protects the solitude of the other. <laughs>